For what? We all. Hey, so <laughs> I seen this meme yesterday, right? And basically what the meme said is you don't realize how much people don't respect you until you look at the backseat of your car and how much they trashed it when it's time to wash it. <laughs> oh, but you you don't have them problems, though, huh? Because you don't let nobody in your car, huh? Nah? You, you ain't going to say nothing? You just going to leave me with the empty space? Just empty I didn't sp- know we were recording. Oh, we recording. They're like, man, where Star at? I, I'm, I'm trying to wonder where she at, too. I'm All right, can star. we record for real now? All right, cue the intro. Hey, y'all, it's just Chris Star. Big Mouth Seat. It's your boy, Normal Ass Coral. With Grown Folks Business. Grown Folks Business. Like your mama used to tell you, stay out of Grown Folks Business. I mean, I'm grown. I'm grown, too. Shit, we all grown. Welcome, Welcome to, to Grown, grown Folks, Folks Business. Business. Turn me up in the headphones. One more time. Hit it one more time. And you know what I realized what we do terribly at? We definitely do a really bad job of like saying what episode it is. So well, I have no clue. This is episode 2.5. Welcome to Grown Folks Business. My name is at normal ass Carl. You want to be so official today because she's not here. I don't. But. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta give him something to uh Give him something to remember. This is um, Big Mouth C's. This is Big Mouth C's. So we just want to let y'all know right off the bat for for the whole Star Hive. Like if y'all come listen to the podcast for Star, she's not physically present. So you could just stop right now. No, 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 no. Don't stop right now because we're gonna have a Star suit. Like we got all Star content, so we're gonna have a Star suit. So we ain't going far without Star. No, that's that's what she. <laughs> Wait, that's exactly what she said in the text message. She's like, "Oh, so y'all going? So we got deep without C, so far without star." No, but I think that was that was the name of her segment because she, you know how we usually do questions by C's. Yeah, we got questions by star. That's good. I'm I'm really glad that we found a way to at least incorporate her in here. She's out in Washington D.C. Star, we really miss you. That, who are you telling? We came in here and we like the room has all the same components to it. Except for you, and it feels empty. That mic looking lonely as hell by it really, itself. It really <laughs> Yo, you know when we first talked about like doing a podcast, it seemed really cool with just me and you. And then like when we added her, now it just don't seem dope without her. Yeah, nah, that, we wouldn't have made it a year. <laughs> hell nah. Cause she'd have diffused a lot of issues. <laughs> like, okay, just... so we, we got questions by start. You ready? Let's I'm do ready it. Get, I'm ready to Let's get straight to it. Okay. It's the first one. Hey y'all, just Chris Starr, and I have a question for the grown folks. When it comes to dating, who is the person that is most in charge and most responsible for things such as picking places to go, selecting things to do, travel, things of that sort? So let the people know, who is most responsible for dating and what does that dynamic typically look like for you guys? Hey, she's irresponsible because she sat there and asked that question to two men. Did she? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like she, she asked it to the grown folks. Like nah, but was... I think I got like a non-biased answer in regards to that, though, at least. All right, look, so... At least I think so. Man, I wish we had a female population here. But anyway... Whose responsibility is it to take charge? Um, I, I come from... I, I would love for a woman to take charge in terms of like going places, but then I know like for me, I got like this terrible attitude where it's like if a girl like recommends something and I think it's trash, then I ain't gonna be like really gun ho about it and then mm. from the jump. You know, like I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to feel like doing that. But then, you know, after you've been dating for a little bit, sometimes like dating and planning and pickups and like what we're gonna do after and all that other stuff, it's a lot of work. So like realistically, I would wish that like my girl would put in fifty fifty on that. 
You know what I never know? What's that? How many things you have to do. What do you mean? Like, so is, because I feel like saying that you want to go out to eat with your girl isn't enough anymore. Like, you got to want to go out to eat. You got to, you know, go do an activity. Don't pick the movies. We always go to the movies. Mm, like I defaulted to that over the weekend. I'm just like, what do you mean? I don't know where they do Do work. you automatically know where you're going to eat at when you say, oh, I want to go eat with somebody? Well, I feel like that, you know what I mean? I feel like for the things that you can't have control over that you, you should, like, provide some substance. So I'm a foodie. So but do you know what place for like that? Per- say you meet meet a chick and you say, "Hey, let's go out to eat." You just gonna find a spot? Well, perfect example. I got a friend that doesn't eat meat; they only eat fish and vegetables. Yeah, we were actually supposed to go out tonight, but this is taking a little bit longer than expected. Um, so whenever we go out, like, oh, yeah. when it's late too, you can't find fish and vegetables nowhere. I mean, we could. I mean, I know a couple of spots. See, you that guy though, because like when I- it comes to food, though. That, that's easy for me. You know a lot, because even like when I like talk to people, I'm like, man, let me ask Cease if you've been in this place, because nine times out of ten, you've been there. Matter of fact, because I asked you about that one spot in Coronado. I won't mm. say the name of it. They ain't paying us no money, but yeah. that one spot in Coronado with a nice little water view and everything, and you was like, yeah, I've been there. And you know what I just thought about? <laughs> What's that? Restaurant week just ended. Mm. Or no, we still got time. What's today? Today is the 25th. I, but it'd probably be so hard to get a reservation right now. They're going to be like, man, they recorded on the 25th and this came out the twenty, the 30th? Didn't start <laughs> asking a question, though. So whose responsibility is it? I think it's uh, it's the man's responsibility, at least. Actually, it's the responsibility of the person who asked. I'm going to say that. And the women may not mm. agree with that. But I feel like if a woman asks me out to go somewhere, it's not my job to plan it. Interesting. That's my take. And you know what happened to me? What's that? Um, I, I made plans to go do something with a young lady. And she was like, oh, I'd really like to do that. And then paid for it. That's different. Yeah. Never in my life have I had that happen before. How'd you feel about it, though? Um, It kind of made me feel a little funny because it was like, well, I wanted to introduce this as an activity to, like, do something. And then I was like, and they were like, oh, I know a spot where they do that. I, I've been wanting to do that. Mm. And then it was like, well, send me the information so I could pay for it. Don't worry. I already took care of it. This is the first time you ever hung out with this person? No, we went out once before. Just one time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. By the second time, I don't know if you like allowed to pay for me. I think like we got to, and it's not even me paying for you because, you know, we've had plenty of episodes where I've had my, my little, you know, rundown on that. But I feel like we should at least go 50-50. Well, part of me, is this is like, I guess, a friend. And I think part of me feels like she didn't, like, since I paid the first time, she didn't want it to like feel like it was a date. So she was like, oh, I'll do the friendly thing and pay. Got you. I think that's what it was. And that is a move for women. I mean, that's fine with me. Yeah, it's me too, Eric. Like, you got to, yeah, you got to, like, hey, let him know, like, hey, listen, bro, after this, you get you a, a nightcap at the bar, and you going home after that. Oh, yeah, no, it was, probably, it was raining. I don't like being on the rain. Yeah. Oh, you, <laughs> hey, you real, because I'm not going down the rain, especially when it's cold. People go out when it's cold, but anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you feel like you answered the question? I did, and I feel like you did, too, sure. adequately. All Star? Right. Next one. Star. <laughs> hey you said it and i was like maybe he about to like un- unveil star yo like, that lonely ass mic is killing me bro. <laughs> like i could usually nudge her from my seat oh not, man not all right listen to the next question all right fellas if you had to choose one thing to do for the rest of your lives which one would it be sports or video games Go. Sports. Yeah, sports. I haven't touched the video game in about five years. My favorite video games are sports video games. 
Yeah, which ones though specifically? Not too deep, but which 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 games are you playing? This I mean, is for like, the women that want to know what to get they do for Valentine's Day. Uh, FIFA, 2K, and uh, and Madden. And you you a different type of brother because you like FIFA in there. I do like FIFA too, though. It's um it's one of those games that has good gameplay outside of like what the theme of it is. So it's just mm. fun to play. Or the previous years have been fun to play. I heard the new one wasn't that good. Yeah, golf has really replaced um video games for me so anytime that i would spend like playing video games i look at i look at golf videos or anytime i would have during the day if i got a spare two hours i'd rather be outside that's just me well and and not and not to toot our own horns but i feel like for a long time people or at least for myself i played video games as like a substitute for like actually having to get out and go play sports yeah and we've championed a couple of different um either like intramural leagues through our job by going out and actually playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that, that you know what I mean? Like, that was the video game was seeing if I could go out, actually go out there and laugh. Hey, I ain't going to even lie to you right now. I thought about the other the the other day because I was like, man, if I wanted to go out there and run fives right now, I probably got two games in me. Like, that's it. You think you could run, t- like, five right now? Uh, you know, my, my stamina, probably, but my knee. <laughs> nah. No. I, I probably won't ever play like real sports again yeah i was thinking about that <laughs> well, yeah, i'm just telling you right now no because sometimes i'll be planting that knee and i'll be like look man this ain't for you oh my lower back be killing yeah, me like, <laughs> that day when we went out there and played like that whole week took me to, like the heel like four or five days man and i'm sad to say it but that's just what it was and they didn't even give us no prize so i was like yo why are we out here and why, why and why would we come back <laughs> yeah I exactly email, i was like nah. hey so dude hit me up like last week uh he came back again the guy that's been trying to get us to play softball he's like hey you want to play softball i said for what yeah and he was like we played on saturday so i'm gonna watch the golf tournament now i did go watch it today you know what I mean? But it's not Saturday. No, 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 no. I no. lied my way all the way there. So when Star asked, do y'all be lying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you, I'm glad I made my point early because they didn't even ask me again. All right. Uh, was that two questions or that three? Was, that was two. All right. So this is the third one. Could you ever see yourself living in a state besides California? And if so, where? And if not, let's say circumstances has it where you absolutely have to live somewhere else. Where would that be, and why? Go ahead, see, you got it. Why she sound like a robot? She, I was thinking the same thing too, but I, it might be the headphones. Is she drunk? I don't know. Wherever she at, she's she's hiding. She in D.C. hiding from the CIA. <laughs> Star, Star would be a double agent. She would. Nah, she'd be too tall to be a double agent. <laughs> I know that shoe, Stark. At your I, mean, I can just imagine. I'm in disguise. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. She's going to hate that part. Looking like a tall glass of water. Yeah. Uh, chocolate milk. Um, another state. I love California. I feel like we're so blessed and so fortunate to But live if you here. had to. I know. And she threw that caveat on the end. So if she I, know you. That's why. That was for you. <laughs> if I had to live somewhere else, I could. But there's a couple of places. Where? I could live in Vegas. You could deal with the sun? Yeah, I feel like a lot of the alternatives outside of California are going to have you dealing with one extreme of the element. Yeah. So either I'm going to Seattle and being cold. Or, it's funny you say that. You know what I mean? Or I, I'm going to Arizona because Brothers is popular out there? Oh, well, I guess maybe not in the political sense. Yeah, not in the political That's a red state, brother. <laughs> um, there's a, I mean, New York always seems like the popular answer. You wouldn't need a car. 
Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't need to have nobody to ride in your car either. That's true. And I'm pretty good with public transportation, so that might fit my personality quite well. Um, My only thing about Vegas, when you get outside the Strip, it's a different city. Okay, so let's scratch Vegas. Maybe I couldn't live in Vegas. Um, So I'm going to replace Vegas with Texas. That's where everybody going. I think, yeah. I I could probably do Atlanta. Have you been, though? No, but I feel like the the representation on TV, I feel like I can do it. You you'd you'd feel um you'd feel good out there. I just don't know if I'd want to live in Georgia. My cousin who I didn't think would make it outside of California has been living in Atlanta for about a year. Dude, the rent, he has a three bedroom apartment for seven hundred dollars a month. But then chances are the job that you do you would make significantly less so it evens out. Bro's a piercer, so a who? A piercer. <laughs> like he Like the Indiana piercer? No, like <laughs> He's a piercer. I said it right. He's a piercer. Like if you want to go get your Tupac nose ring, he he'll pierce you. Oh, and then he uses his house as a uh, Airbnb. Is is there an actual term for that? A piercer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to look it up so no, bad? I just but like... I feel like I still be looking right now. Like I don't feel like there's an actual term for it. While you look it up, I think the only place that you said it earlier. Seattle, I went out there. I've been to a lot of states. I've been to Texas, uh, Virginia, uh, Washington. I've been to New York, all those places, Florida. I couldn't deal with the heat in Florida. The one place, though, that I think that I can deal with, the only thing that would have me like, oh, I don't know if I could do it, is Seattle. It's Washington area. It's beautiful. It's lovely. They I, pro- you know, I agree. It's dope out there. But the only thing is the weather. Mm-hmm. I don't like I love the rain but the deal with it all the time and when I went out to Seattle you notice that it'll be 40 degrees and raining and they still wear shorts out there they're like yo we're not about to miss our opportunity that's true so that's my only thing is the weather though and, and I, but I feel like just like they get used to it you probably would too <sighs> rain for half six months out of the year I don't know we'll see I mean if, if that I've really heavily actually considered like moving there like towards the tail end of my life like and the outskirts, pretty cheap. You get into the city, it's like living in San Diego, but outskirts, yeah. you could be all right. And that's when, I, and then also when I hear people talking about, oh, I can't live there because how much it costs. I was like, we live here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll make no, I, I think we're behind New York and maybe Los Angeles. And other than that, San Diego's expensive. San Francisco. And I was like, yeah. And then even just coming from LA, like you may not be living in the place where, you know, the, the movie stars hang out, but you can live in LA too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I looked it up. You were right. It's called a piercer. There's a whole association for piercing. <laughs> you get you a piercing certification. You get insurance too, uh, yeah, just in as, case. As a you... piercer. <laughs> as a piercer. Because <laughs> it sounds like you saying pure. Hey, I'm telling you, that, sir. I, hey, within that conglomerate, though, I know that they have a term for it because nobody just like you meet a girl at a bar and be like, yeah, I'm a piercer. Yeah, no, I feel like, <laughs> like I, what? No, I feel like she'd say something different, but who knows? All right, next one. Questions by Star. We didn't give her the brings, and she specifically asked me to do that. What is the most ridiculous thing you believed as a child? Mm. She gonna ask that deep ass. She got that for the internet because I gotta really think about that one. What? What was on her? Oh, I know one because this is grown folks' business. She said, "What is the most ridiculous thing that you believed as a child?" My mom used to tell me, "Kiss and lead the sex." <laughs> oh no, I got a better one. <laughs> I think that one was pretty good. What, what was yours? Did you ever get told that you would get a ticket for having your dome light on in your car? 
Yes. That's not true. To this day, even still, like I what? just found out three days ago. From, that's my, not mo- true. from my mother, she's the one about, hey, turn the night off and then she's gonna get a ticket. Listen, listen. <laughs> my dad used to tell me that at dog. I asked him the other day. I said, Dad, you'll get a ticket for leaving your dumb light on your car. You know what he said? What? How would I know? Because <laughs> you used Wait, to- did you look it up? Huh? Did you look it up? Yeah, you no, it's not. You're more like like, you know what I mean? Like it'd probably bring more attention to you. It's distracting. And then the most legitimate explanation that because I've been asking different people that I heard somebody say is that the person that told them said that it was because the light would reflect off of your rearview mirror and then could distract another driver. But it has to be in a law. So each I mean, county by county just depends on or state by state, whatever the law is in that state. I think when it was it was told to me, it was like an overwhelming, like everybody everywhere knows that you can't be driving with your dome light on. You can't see when you have your dome light on though, when but you look over to your right. Illegal, like hey, I know, saying. I know. So but. that was that was the dumbest thing that I believed. Cause to this day, oh shit. Well, shit. Hey, I'm glad we grown now at the end of the day, because we go find that information out if we wanted to. You remember how many that was? That was four. I think this is the last one. Considering the days and the times that we live in where women are fighting for equality, whether that's being paid equally. Okay, is that what's going on in the background? She's somewhere out in a public area. Do you think it's daytime or nighttime? With her, you never know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> where I'm not gonna even make I'm that just, guess. I'm just gonna ask her next I'm episode. I'm just trying to picture. She sounds like she in the cafeteria. That or she's like, like is she talking in the headphones or directly? Sounds like the she phone? at the Washington Monument. To be she, honest with she you, she might. <laughs> oh, she might be. And the way it sounds like, it's like she's like in a very like Balboa Parkish type place. And that you know, it's funny because you, have you been to the monuments? Yes, I have. Oh, okay, so that's probably why. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or having equal access to different opportunities. I'm going to run that back because I forgot what she said. Considering the days and the times that we live in where women are fighting for equality, whether that's being paid equally or having equal access to different opportunities um, in a world where women are fighting back from men asking them to smile while they're in public, uh, where do you all see yourselves in this fight? And are any of these things intimidating for you? Do you wonder how things are going to end up. Just talk about it. Let's see where this conversation goes. Had to readjust myself in the seat. And it made a noise, too. Yeah, it did. <laughs> they ain't going to pick it up, though. I'm so great with the audio. Anyway, um, I don't even know what the question she asked. She pretty much said with how things are going for women right now, where do we see ourselves in the move in the movement? Like me, too? Yeah, she didn't say that, but I think that's what she was insinuating. Okay. So this is good. Okay. Right? You go ahead. Because like I told you, I feel like this, I'm, I'm hopeful that this Me Too movement um, doesn't just stop the conversation at what started it. Right? Because it's like Me Too and it's like, oh, women, women, women. But we should be treating people better. Because like I've explained to you as a man, I've had situations where I thought I was friends with young ladies and just because... I chose not to sleep with them. They decided to treat me poorly and even in an instance, call me out of my name. Got you. So my thing is, is like, so if, if that's truly what. what but you, if men do it, do you feel like women should be able to do the same thing? I that, feel like that person as a man, if I have that experience, I'm more inclined to then 
do that to a young lady because it's like, all right, well, that's just what people do. But if it happened, okay, so I'm glad you're saying that because I just seen something on Instagram by this guy. I can't even think of his name. But he did a role reversal. He was walking with this girl and there was girls. It's funny, but, you know, girls were playing the dice game and it was cat calling them. Okay. And they were like, hey, look at you with your woman, whatever. Hey, what's, what you doing later on tonight, light skin? Like, blah, 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 all this. What you doing tonight in the night light skin? Yeah, he's like, man, I'm with my girl. And he was talking, he looked at her. He's like, yeah, you ain't gonna say nothing. You ain't gonna defend me. She said, for what? Like, so if the roles were reversed, and women women were being aggressive, and they were able to act like, you know, men would typically act in that type of scenario, I guess, uh, would they be justified? Just given the history of, you know, how we treat women. You know what? I think think it's easier to say what would when it isn't i think that person that we're talking about let's use your scenario that you had and the person that you're referencing or whatever they're probably looking at you like oh but persons persons so that that's where my issue is that any, anybody can act okay out of- and anybody that's looking at you they can say man women have been you know succumbed to this for men or, or have succumbed, have been subjected to this for men for years why can't you tolerate it this one time why no, can't no, i be no, aggressive no, no, no. it's not it's not about not being able to tolerate it i'm not saying it to say that it's like this is like the first instance that it's ever happened my thing is that what i think what i've been seeing a lot of is like even when we have like the men being accused of stuff that they don't really do i feel like in order for the movement to have its its most significant impact it has to then transfer beyond just women at some point for for men to get it it can't just be one of these these punitive things where it's like y'all 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 because then what I also notice is this label of like what men do this toxic masculinity like I don't be doing that like you know what I mean like that that's what trips me out then because now that now as a man it's like you then have to take on those negative traits but should you just kn- because you're a man but do you feel I'm just playing devil no, devil's advocate do you feel like you should be able to experience it so that you can either spread that message or make sure that you never you know, or the person that is doing that. Okay, so to that point, but having the experience definitely does put me in a different uh, different space as it pertains to relating to a young lady because now, as opposed to just being able to empathize, like, I felt it. It's not one of those things where I have to, like, go outside of myself to kind of, like, put myself in the, their shoes. Like, I'm sitting there getting kicked out of somebody's place because I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't engage in sex. You know, it's funny that you say that, and I and I had this conversation, and I guess this is the time where I can have a heart to heart with somebody about it, and we'll we'll talk about it, you know, finally live on air. Uh, you, you guys remember, or you remember, you guys? I'm so used to her being here. You remember probably three or four episodes ago, I said there was a girl from Fresno that had hit me up. Yeah, yeah. And so for a long time, we had had a a friendship that revolved around. She saying that I was her brother and we're cool and all this. So five, you know, you know, fast track five or six years later, I'm thinking we're still friends. But now she's starting to come on to me, you know, and I tell her like, hey, you know, I'm in a relationship and she didn't believe me, thought I was lying, you know, because of my past transgressions as a you know human being or whatever. And it was like to the point where she would say things to me that were derogatory and me trying to maintain the relationship that we had five years ago, just trying to play cool about it. I had to tell her like, listen, we're friends. Like say things to you that were derogatory, like they were inappropriate or they, Oh, they were mad inappropriate or were they malicious against you? No, they were inappropriate. Okay. So, so it was like, I told her, 
I said, hey, you know, the way you're coming at me, um, we can have regular conversation. Like, you don't need to, you know, talk about sex or anything like that with me just to, you know, get my attention. We can have regular conversation. How's your day going? This is what I'm doing. Uh, we fast tracked that to my girl finding out and she didn't like that. She felt that I was entertaining that situation based on the fact that I was playing it cool on how I responded to the point where like I was talking to her like she oh, was your girl's one- right though. You should have spazzed on her because that's what you would have wanted your girl to do. That's a good point. And, and I and I when when she, you know, said it to me and I thought about it in the moment and she said, don't be, you know, having me out here looking crazy and stuff like that. I was like, she's right. Yeah, yeah. She, she's absolutely correct. And that's the, and that's the manly thing to do. But then, you know, the other side. OK, so then we're talking about me, too. Right. Yeah. But then it's like, how hard can you go on a female? I can't. Exactly. <laughs> because so you're damned, <laughs> if you, then you're damned if you don't. So it's like I, I want to, you know what I mean? Obviously, like I'm going to co-sign what she said because I definitely agree. But it's like what in, in reality, what would that have actually looked like? But even then, the, the only right thing that you could do in that situation is leave it alone. Yeah, just stop responding. Block. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. don't respond. Show your girl, like, hey, listen, I ain't even, you know, I ain't even got that going no more and try to rebuild trust from there. But, yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think the hardest part in this Me Too movement, we, t- I, I, this is how bad we are. I was on the Jig Is Up podcast last week. If you guys want to check it out, um, Jig Is Up, J-I-G. Uh, is up y'all know how to spell that (laughs) i was on the jig is up podcast last week and i said the one thing about me too that's like difficult is the fact that like i don't know where men stand in this movement and start hey me too yeah exactly because like star asks this question like where are we at and it's like i want to advocate but how much do you take away from just the mystery of is this person really messing with me or not? Am I coming on too strong? Am I coming on, you know, not strong enough? Because there's some women that just say, "Oh, you're not a go getter. I can't mess with you. You're not. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not taking your chances with me." And this was a conversation I had, you know, on on that platform, and it was like something that's trickling over right now. But it's just like, what do you do? You know what I mean? I just don't know. Yeah, I don't say nothing to offend women but some women like those you know type of jokes and how do you know without saying that and i even asked the girl uh at blazing mommy uh miss nessa i said i said does a man ask you every single time that you know you've you know had a sexual encounter with him can we have sex you know what i mean uh like asking and she was like no that's weird and i said this is the type of culture that we're kind of pushing right now where it's like hey we want to consider how we look or how we're presenting to you in this scenario. You know what I mean? I don't ask every single time that I had had sexual encounters with someone, hey, is it all right if we have sex right now? Just because it doesn't come off as genuine. Uh, It's a tough one, I know. (laughs) No, it's just like I can't say what I want to say. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I told them that you would be the person that would be a little more safe than me. Um because <laughs> they got this thing where it's like nothing is safe so if y'all hear a different type of carl on there just know that they got a thing that's nothing is safe <laughs> I, I wouldn't be that carl here though on this platform though so i think that we just counted at least three to four please <laughs> yeah, so. yeah i'm gonna cop them um but yeah it is it is a tough situation and i think that we need more education as men uh from women on how they would like you said it's now something that is presented as an issue now let us know what is acceptable. I feel like women have that that burden to feel. Like let, let us know. Well, you, and you know what? I, well, you know what I feel like it's leading to. I feel like it's leading to like an, a, a complete overhaul of the structure. So it's like 
oh, how things used to be. Like, don't worry about how things used to be. This is how it is now. You know what I mean? Like, this this is this new world order that we're creating. Um, and if I can provide any, like, support and encouragement to the men, like, get in a relationship. I mean, a happy like, one, but yeah, that, one well, that you're yeah, happy yeah, with. Or, you know what I mean? And obviously, you'll make that earnest attempt, you know, as hard as you can. Um, but get in a relationship so that you can have these candid conversations that you're not having when you're casually dating. Because mm. I feel like that then takes out some of the gray area. Your partner's going to let you know. Who they are. Who they are, what they want, what they need, how they like it, what they don't like. Like, but then when you're casually dating and then your ex-girlfriend was the type where it was like, nah, you just, I just want you to be a man and, and take it. And then you try to apply that to your next girlfriend and now you're uh, potentially a rapist. You know, it's funny. And, and I'm glad you said that because this is how where life takes me. And I don't know if this is the episode that I wanted to ask this on just because we have a very dynamic guest coming on. But I had asked you during the week and we were talking about one of your friends and he said he couldn't date a girl because the sex was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my question was, what constitutes that? Because you said, "Oh, what you like and what they don't like." What constitutes good sex? Oh no, we were we we were. I was talking to my friends about this because you know, growing up, like that was something that men would make comments about, like, "Oh, she has," you know. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's a grown conversation today. I wish Star men, was here for this men, one. Men would make the comment that they were very fond of a woman's lady parts. <laughs> <right? laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, right? that's a know, good. That's she, a good way to she, keep it PG. She has some great lady parts. You know, as, as what, as what? I, I hated the fist. Yeah, You've been hanging around with a certain someone too much. Okay, listen, listen. So fell on the sword. <laughs> Listen. So it's 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 it makes me think that for a long time, like we just been making stuff up. Yeah, because it's all to say. I mean, okay, so I'm not gonna say that. I am. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna say, say every every experience is exclusive in its own respective. Oh, manner. okay, yeah. Because when I if we add the feeling to it, but I, okay, of so being but let me, with that let me finish person. That though. Ahead, me but then it's like it, it's it's supposed to be meant to be endearing, right? Like, oh, she has great lady parts, right? Yeah. But in reality, what it's doing is is making it so that we could say that somebody doesn't. And then that goes back to your original point of more or less, it's more similar than it's different. I think it's I think it's more di- I think it's different only in context of uh feeling. Like if you don't care about this like if you know like for example, like, oh, this guy or this woman that I'm dating or whatever, um, they they they're not good cooks or they have a terrible personality, but you know the flesh is feeding me right now. You know you can be, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and, and partake in that, but I'm not gonna deal with them after I got what I wanted because of X, Y, and Z. I don't think it's necessarily the act in itself or that person doesn't perform the things that you that you actually like sexually. And this guy that we're talking about in particular <laughs> only had one night with this person. So, you know, maybe they're not pulling out the whole bag of tricks. But we're not going to go too far down the road. This is a conversation I want to have when we have another woman that's present here in the podcast. Another, so we'll, another woman? An, another woman when present. we have a woman. A another woman, woman would make me a woman or also. Me, or, or me. <laughs> or, or me. That's and true. now, the, the runaround. runaround. <laughs> <laughs> we all... <laughs> it's time for the run around y'all 
I know you guys are like, man, it's the beginning of the episode. Why are they doing the runaround right now? And the worst part about it is, is the follow-up was supposed to be Star doing the runaround. Yeah, exactly. But we have some sad news to report to you. I'm kind of sad. It hit me a little bit right when I pressed the button, too. And she really would have enjoyed this episode, too. But we're going to do our best after the She's going to be really mad when she hears it, because we have a really good guest that's in right now. No, 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 no. She's going to be extremely jealous. She but... can't be replaced, but she's filling in at least. She likes the jet set. What can we say? And, and I'm a little... Yeah, I'm sick. We we went a whole year and some change with all three of us on here. That was actually pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. That's that was actually way. pretty impressive. As many times as people don't know behind the scenes that we were like, well, if you can't make it, we'll just keep going without you. And it, mm-hmm. and listen, and listen it, you know how hard it was to like find someone to kind of... Well, actually, it, we, we knew that we had a guest coming in, but mm-hmm. we were like, oh, we'll get another personality just to come in and... We just couldn't find someone. We you can't be replaced, star at all. Well, everybody told me no. They said they're <laughs> like, nah, I'm not going on there. And that's better because the one person I asked never even responded back to me. Yeah, no, they just told me no. <laughs> At least you got your dignity. This is very true. Okay, so we are here for another segment of the runaround. We placed the uh, runaround at the beginning of today's episode because we definitely have a dynamic guest that. Um, we want to be able to showcase some of the things that she has going on, some of the things that uh, she may be working on in the future, and really to drop some game to the grown folks today. Um, so without further ado, you have two pieces of paper in front of you right there. So before you give your real name and anything about you, we have this little personal, uh, personal wager that we do where we create a name for our guests, and they can use the nickname. So before you introduce like who you really are, I want you to take a look at both of those, and when you've garnered an opinion on both, I want you to tell me which one is better. Real and quick, the mic for here is right here in the front. Should have told you that in the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so right there. Here, I'll get you adjusted while you do that. And then if you would, once uh, he has your mic fully adjusted, if you could just read off um, each of those. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Okay. So what does the first one say? The first one says, Nitra the Great. Ooh, okay. Got a little spice to it. Was that you, Cece? It was kind of corny, but I want to see what the next one says. I feel like the next one's going to be good. The next one says, Georgia's Finest Peach. Okay. So those are two formidable opponents, but I'm just wondering which one you think is better. I would have to say George's finest piece. Thank you so much. He's he's really bad at this game. It probably would have been a little bit more entertaining if Star was here because she would have then added one that was just as good as mine. So um, that will be the nickname that we have for you today, and I appreciate you for participating in what your name is. But tell the folks who you really are. My name is Anitra Henry Hunting, and I am the chief sponsorship strategist at The Hunting Group. Okay, and then what... What is The Hunting Group? The Hunting Group is a marketing consultancy, and we focus on corporate sponsorship. We work on both sides of corporate sponsorship, so we train people on how to acquire corporate sponsorship, but we also spend time with our corporate clients on how to measure and how to go about making sure that their sponsorships are actually returning on their investment. Gotcha. Um, and that that's going towards something that we were mentioning before we started recording with a lot of 
well, not even just young people, just a lot of people in general, uh, really getting their creative juices flowing and trying to put themselves out there to be able to do things and create a brand uh, for themselves and behind their names. And marketing is a big component of that. So I'm just wondering, you know, we joke around a lot here about our podcast being deemed a black podcast. Right. Um, and I heard something the other day where somebody was saying that a platform, they were told that a platform that was uh, predominantly black was hard to get sponsorships for. Have you seen that? No, quite frankly, no. Um, everybody is available to be sponsored because every business wants to basically connect more with their primary target audience. Okay. So um, even if you have a a mega business, something like Coca-Cola, uh -huh. one of these huge insurance companies, you see State Farm constantly sponsoring HBCUs, um, different organizations, different events that cater to black people. So it's not necessarily difficult just because you serve a certain demographic. To It's not difficult to get corporate sponsorship. I think it really is the mindset behind mm. it. If you start off as an entrepreneur, take the mindset into securing corporate sponsorship, then I am less than, or because something is all black or all um, minority, that somehow these major corporations don't want to invest in that, you're absolutely wrong. Mm. If you're spending money on it, and there are other people like you who are spending money on these certain products and services, absolutely those businesses will invest. I'll give you a prime example. Okay. One of the other ways that uh, corporate, the, the budgets for corporate sponsorship are determined, they're all come <coughs> out of the marketing department, mm -hmm. but you see this a lot with PR. So you PR have being public relations, public relations. Okay. Let's just say, and we've seen this in recent, in the last six months where a CEO of a major corporation will say or do something stupid publicly. Yeah. And you could go to them as an event or some sort of endeavor that's seeking corporate sponsorship and you might get an answer like, well, we're out of money. Mm -hmm. You know, the budget has already been allocated for the year. Mm -hmm. As soon as that CEO or high ranking executive does or says something stupid in the public eye, it's amazing how much money they have available for corporate sponsorship uh, that is targeted at the audience that they offended. Interesting. Wow. So don't ever think just because you are a minority group or have an endeavor that caters to minorities that major corporations don't have money for you. They, the only thing that they really care about is the color green. Yeah. Mm. And as long as your endeavor is producing results for them and you're able to articulate those results and show those to them up front and you're going to abide by the contracts that you put in place, they will absolutely cut checks for you. They will absolutely give you products and services that serve your audience and make it easier for you to produce your endeavor. So for the... And I know you don't, we don't want to delve too much into it because I know this has to do with a little bit how you get paid. But if you were Absolutely. to give some quick how-tos, maybe one or two for someone that's starting up, the two things that a corporate uh, sponsorship or a, corporate, a corporation may be looking for uh, when they have a product that they want to present and they want to market, what are two things that can come off the top of your head without getting in super detail? But but just two because we want to make sure that people still pay you for your expertise. exactly, and we're going we're going to lead them where to find you at. Yeah. Absolutely. So the first thing is this: you've got to be ready to ask and ready to negotiate. Mm. So understand what it is that you have to offer. What makes it unique? 
No, you cannot Google documents and corporate sponsorship packets off of Google and think that that's going to work. Your endeavor needs to speak to what is unique about your audience and about whatever it is that you're producing. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to articulate that. So that's the first nugget that I would give anybody who's preparing to go seek corporate sponsorship. Okay. Um, number two is understand that you need to be creating win, win, wins. So most times you see corporate sponsorship in the form of events mm -hmm. um, that there are sponsors that pay different fees to make sure that the event is able to be produced in a spectacular way. Which is amazing that you say that because before we got on mic, I told you I went to the uh, Farmers Insurance Open and there was a whole bunch of vendors there. Absolutely. And that's one form of sponsorship. And it's probably added. That was one of the benefits in their overall sponsorship package, which is always very popular is vending table mm -hmm. because it gives the corporation the opportunity to actually get in front of that core audience on site and mm. interact with them. Um, whatever it is that you say that you're going to do, you need to do it. And when I talk about win, win, wins, the win needs to be for whatever the endeavor is for you, the business owner, the entrepreneur, the producer of the event or whatever the case may be, you need to win. But you also need to understand there are two other audiences or, or stakeholders in your endeavor that need to win. The sponsor needs to win. So whatever it is that you said you were going to do, you need to do it. Because there should be a contract in place and contracts can go to court if you don't deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on. The other per, uh, stakeholder that needs to win is your audience. If you're putting sponsors in front of them that are basically going to do a 15-minute sales pitch, um, audiences aren't at a golf tournament to hear sales pitch from a corporate sponsor. No. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're there to play golf. They're there to network. They're there to have fun. They're there to support. If it's um, a nonprofit charity, they're there for other reasons. Right. The way that a sponsor interacts with that audience needs to be less invasive, you don't want your audience to leave feeling like they paid a ticket price to hear your sponsors take over your stage, mm. be in their face all of the time. So which is why you probably see things like, um, like, for example, Buick is there probably as a sponsor, but then they're doing giveaways and stuff like that to interact with the people that are there. And they're interacting with the people who are interested in buying a Buick. Got you. Okay. They're not interacting with the people who are interested in buying an Audi. Got you. If you're if the giveaway is from Buick, if Buick is one of those things, or one of those vehicles that you're interested in, you're going to go seek out Buick, do whatever it is. And it's always an exchange of information. Mm -hmm. Buick probably wants their email address or their cell phone number or both on top of other um, personal information that tells them about the demographic and the psychographic of the person. But if they're a BMW driver, they're not interested in a Buick. She's blowing my mind right now because she's exactly right. So what they do is they have like a putting contest. And if you're interested in that vehicle, you see it, it's on the showroom or mm -hmm. on the show floor. And you go out there, you do the contest. And when you're done, they make you put in all your information. And guess who sends you an email within five minutes? Buick does. A bunch of emails. And I've never thought about that before. It's, it's interesting because, you know, just like with the Internet, there's algorithms. Right? Absolutely. So you'll be going to different sites and it'll be sending you different things. Like, I feel like business schemes are the same way. 
Absolutely. We're going to do this event in this area. There's going to be this audience. This audience usually patronizes these things. Let's present those. There are our version of those things and why it would benefit them within their area. And it, it works. And for the average person, you don't know what's being done to you to then be like programmed and conditioned to endorse certain businesses. Absolutely. That is the whole point of marketing. And um, as a marketer, there are times when I'm well aware that I'm being marketed to. Mm. And sometimes that's <clears throat> annoying. It's like, okay, it's too much because yeah. I do this all day, a version of it all day, right? But there are also times when you realize that, oh, that was really good. That was kind of sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they even got me. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's the best marketing. So going back to the creatives, we always, one of the things that we like to do when we have guests is like, we, we like to pick guests that we feel like, can connect with our audience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the ways that people are able to connect with our guests is not necessarily telling them where you're at, but how you got there. Because what a lot of people will then say to themselves is like, oh, wow, like she's doing extraordinary things right now, but had to deal with a lot of normal stuff to get there. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how you got here, because you're San Diego by way of uh, by way of Georgia. Okay. So my origins are in Columbus, Georgia. My father was in the military, um, Fort Benning, and that's where I was born and raised. I went to college at Savannah State University. Mm-hmm. Um, after graduating, uh, moved to Atlanta and lived in Atlanta for almost seven years before moving to San Diego. And the reason that I moved to San Diego is at a certain point, Um, I ended up getting into the spa, hair, and wellness business. Mm. Now, I wasn't a marketer at that point. I had my degree in marketing. That was my question. So uh, did you get your degree in marketing? I did. I got my degree in marketing. Um, So wait, let's pause right there because we have this ongoing question that we ask people when degrees come up. Do you feel like you could do what you do right now without the degree that you have? No. Okay. No. Um. I do think, though, that the adage that we're seeing floating around in meme land right now (laughs) is very true. Um, You don't need a degree to own a business, Mm. which I own my own business, but you need a degree to work for someone who owns a business. (laughs) Mm. I've never heard it like that. She's right, though, in that that regard. Absolutely. Well, well, she's right, but I I think, you know, if we're just playing devil's advocate a little bit. Um, I think what people are saying is, is that's the way that the system is structured. True. But that maybe that's not the most practical way. And what we have been seeing is a lot, or well, not a lot. I know of several really big companies that have said, if you can come in and prove that you can do the job, it's yours. Well, now, not how the, often does that happen, though, without the without the credentials that you need? Well, the the example that I'm giving is Amazon. Okay. So, so it may not be like in frequency in abundance, but yeah. that's a big deal for a company and like I feel that like to take little, that stance. I feel like they're a and little I, more. And, and then I can also probably assume that there are some jobs there that you probably still do need a degree for. Sure. there yeah. It depends on what you do. So my how I got into corporate sponsorship was through being a part of the hair, spa, and wellness business. Those people don't necessarily need degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, they're technically trained and they are amazing at what they do. They're creative. Wait, when you say those people, are we talking about the, the act? Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm talking about the employees, mm. that the estheticians, the nail technicians, the hairstylists, the massage therapists. Wait, there's not like credentials that go behind being able to do those things? 
there are credentials that go behind it, but it's not degrees. Mm, not okay. in not in terms of like going matriculating at a four year university like I did or uh, going off to get your master's or PhD. There's or, a big difference, right? She deserves an air horn. <laughs> Listen, we've been doing this podcast for a whole year. And nobody's ever used the word matriculate, and she's not. <laughs> <laughs> and she's look, I don't look, even know look, what button she, to press. She said it. She said it so. See, the, I don't know. It's why all good. Yeah. No, um, she she said it so confidently, and I and 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 again, I I want to continue um, to accentuate that because I feel like a portion of business is the know how, absolutely. But then another portion of it is you believing in you, and then getting other people to believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself. And in a short period of time, I'm sitting here, and I'm usually the the let me let me jump in the conversation, and you know, kind of throw you off. I'm just trying to soak it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. You're very welcome. I mean, I'm gonna put matriculate on my list. I got okay. a little, little word I'm list. I'm gonna be listening to see when you slide that one in again. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cut you off. You were uh, you were talking about um, them not ne- or the, the the individuals working in the salon spa business not necessarily having um, they don't need these. They have but the they have different credentials to be able to Absolutely. do the job that they do. Absolutely, it's more like. Uh, what we would consider trade school okay. or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to go to school to learn how to do what they do. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the the example that I often use, I have an affinity for that industry because I spent so much time in it, but I particularly have an affinity for hairstylists, barbers, nail technicians, um, Massage therapists, massage therapists know more and hairstylists and barbers know more about people Mm. than their doctors do because they spend more time with them. Mm. You know, if you go in and get a 30 minute or 60 minute massage, there's certain people that come in and you know what they do for that entire time? They talk. Yeah, I talk. I do talk. That's a great point. Because I think those are even some of the fields differently than your doctor, your mechanic, or anybody else that would provide you a service. Like, you could technically consider those people your friends. Like, I've been out with my barber. Listen, if you're going to touch me, you got to be my friend. <laughs> like, like, that's what I think. Like, if you go rub through my scalp and stuff like that, put shampoo, you, we got to be cool. Well, no, no, no. And, and I think that goes to it, too. Like, again, you could have the know-how to say, I can give you this massage. I can get the kinks out of your back or whatever it may be. But then if you are tense because you don't like people in your space touching you and that person isn't easing that tension, then they've only done a portion of the job. Right. So the point that she brought up is, is great is that you really do need that that people skill. Because I've, I've stopped going to barbers because of personality traits. Absolutely. The same thing with my mother. That were, well, we, she told we, you. We, well, no, no. And we both stopped going to that barber. Because, because of, of that energy. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's definitely a thing. And that's a great point to bring up is being um, just making people aware that you can learn your craft, but then you have to learn how to like sell yourself within that craft. Absolutely. Um, and I will say this. Degrees don't teach you how to do that. No. no. It's a skill that you're going to acquire through experience or you're not going to have it, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to the point about you know, whether or not you need a degree and how that all plays out for you in regards to success in your life. Yeah. You know, these, when I talk about these people, and I'm specifically talking about the spa, hair, and and wellness industry, they are psychologists to a, a big degree. Yeah. Because they're listening to their clients 
and they're having them come back. And it's not just because their service is great. Like you're talking about personality traits. It is being able to wash off that energy before you deal with the next client and Mm. the next client and the next client. So with that being said, I did none of that. (laughs) (laughs) My job was people management. Um, I started off uh, managing a call center for a spa chain in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, how I got into corporate sponsorship, this isn't even something I was taught with my degree. Mm. And they still don't teach it in marketing programs. You only get it by working in it. Yeah. On on one side or the other, either someone tells you now it's your job to seek corporate sponsorships on top of everything else that you have to do, or now it's your job to decide who we're going to give our money to, which is what happened to me. Right. The owner of our company went out um, into society, I guess, just was out and was preparing to write a personal check to support a nonprofit. And um, the chair of that nonprofit event kind of went off on him. And was like, I sent your business an invitation to sponsor this event. Mm -hmm. And worse than no, we said nothing Mm. as a company. And so he called me up to his office and I thought I was getting fired. I was sure I had done something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that wasn't the case. He was like, listen, your and duties as a sign now is to not get me embarrassed in public. So here are all these requests. And at that time, we had seven locations around Metro Atlanta. Go to all of them. See if they have any that are sitting out anywhere. And you need to go through and create a system to answer these. And he gave me a budget. And that is what I started to do. And I formed a team around me of other managers uh, that worked in the call center with me, a support staff. And... My ultimate goal, the reason he selected me for this was that even though I was a manager, he knew I had a marketing degree. So on a side note, for those of you who are running businesses or in businesses, just because someone is in a certain role and has a certain title, know who you have on your team. Mm. He had a director of marketing, but he did not trust her to do this. He didn't trust her with the blank checks. (laughs) he was like you do this and i know you'll do it well because i know what your background is you have a marketing degree you're going to look at this a little bit differently than what i'm looking at it his goal was to not get embarrassed and my goal was to add value to the bottom line Interesting. and that goes into the the two nuggets that you were given it was like what is he going to get out of it absolutely versus what, what they're also offering you guys absolutely absolutely so um yeah, that's how I got into it. So so here on the podcast, I, I usually like to pick the brains of my co-host by asking random questions. Sure. So I have a few for you right now. Okay. I wasn't even planning to do this. Okay. So as a, as a member of corporate America, mm-hmm. do you feel like your experiences have been different as a person of color? Absolutely. In positive and negative ways. Give me one positive, one negative. In a positive way, there are certain things that for sure I can get away with mm-hmm. because I'm me. Mm. Um, I feel that. And it, and it embodies everything. It's, it's not just being a black person. It's not just being a woman. It's because I'm me. But those two things are aspects of me. Uh, me yeah, our review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to miss me when I come in the room. Um, but I'm a, I think there, there's a lot of 
talk out there right now about women not having a voice. I've never experienced that in corporate America. Mm. You're going to hear me. Gotcha. <laughs> so you've, you, you've asserted yourself. Then. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. I love that a lot. Have you always worn what some would consider to be natural hair in the no. workplace? No. This is three years old. Would you say that you ever had a point in your life where you felt like you would be judged negatively for wearing natural hair in the in Absolutely. The Tell us a little bit about that. Um, first of all, it was something, I started getting perms as like a five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad told my mom, I'm tired of you burning my baby. Mm. With the hot comb mm-hmm. every Sunday, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to hear her scream. I don't think most people probably don't even know what a hot comb is anymore. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that's that steel comb you put on top of the stove, right? Yes, that's a steel <laughs> comb that gets heated up to some temperature that is ungodly. That, that just seems irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but they and used I, to do it. My no, mom had one. I know. <laughs> you know, as soon as you walk in the house, what was going on? Yeah, you yes. can smell it. Yeah, it's like in the chitlins. I was like, no, it was. It was like wheat toast. <laughs> yes, and you, my father was one that was like, look, I, he had two daughters, yeah. myself and my sister, and my sister, I guess, was used to it, but I was not. Yeah. And I, like I told you guys, I've always been vocal, mm. so <laughs> I was like, mm, daddy, I don't like this. And so he, his decision to, or his conversation with my mother was basically, whatever you had to do to keep this kid from screaming every Saturday is what I want you to do. So I started getting perms at five years old. However, on my father's side of the family, the trend that I noticed was that the women who were all in corporate America, all professional women, all of my aunts were professional women and did amazing things. At a certain point, when they became women of a certain age, Mm -hmm. they started going natural. And that is a trend. Yes. Well, hold on, I want to hear about this specific from your family. Though. Yes, no. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, but I, I, I'm I'm interested to know how you're going to flesh this out. So please. So I knew probably when I was about twenty six or seven that once I reached a certain point in my career, I was going natural, and mm-hmm. whoever didn't like it was just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the decision that I made. So this was something that came about for me when I turned 40. Um, Unfortunately, it was like right after my father had passed and it was kind of like a tribute to him. Mm -hmm. But even now, like my cousins who are younger than me, they have dreads. My cousins' dreads are longer than mine and they're men. (laughs) And they're just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I wish I could grow dreads. (laughs) <laughs> and I started the trend in my family. I went natural first when yeah. I my immediate family. I went natural first, then my mother went natural, and now my sister, who's a doctor, is natural. Mm. And you know what that's going to mean for the young children in your family? Is oh, that yeah, they're going to see these successful people embracing who they are, absolutely, and doing it unabashed, absolutely. You know, with no shame about it, because there shouldn't be. This is, you know, what I mean. This is as much of us as as anything else that we hold so close. You know. Um, to our identity. Um, okay, so Carl, you were getting ready to say something because I got one more question. My my thing was is that I've noticed. I mean, Star is one of those people, but I think she said she had never or she rarely perms her hair or, mm-hmm. or presses it. Um, my mother too. I think after a certain age, after she had cancer, she was just like, you know what? 
she's just going to rock it natural. And then even now, so I've even noticed she cuts it short. My grandmother cuts it short, too. My aunt does the same thing. And it's like we look at these beauty standards that we have uh, among our women, um, uh, our women, meaning black women. And it's like, hey, you know, at a certain point, it's like, you know what? That that wasn't for me. I just noticed that a lot more. I don't know what it is more so than it's just like, hey, I'm just going to be myself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, because I worked in this industry, too, there's an undercurrent about what's natural and what's not. Some people would say me having sister locks is not natural because it doesn't occur naturally. Mm. I have to go get it twisted. Right. But I went natural, meaning stopped getting chemicals, outside mm-hmm. products and stuff like put that. in my hair. That's natural. And I feel like we as a people and not just black people, but people in general, we have to stop like trying to tear other people down. Absolutely. To strengthen how we feel about ourselves. Absolutely. It's like, you, you know, your hair is natural. And for anybody outside of our culture, you, they wouldn't know the difference. Listen. This, some people in our culture wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> and depending on how I wear it, there are some times when people, if I curl it, yeah. people don't even recognize them as locks. Yeah. But the main thing is this. it To me, and what I've noticed, the trend is in corporate America. I think corporate America gets a bad rap sometimes when it comes to this whole natural hair thing. If you keep your hair up. Yeah. Update. They really don't care. No. They want you to come in and they want you to do the job and they want you to produce and they want you to add value to the bottom line. Do you feel like it's always been like that or is this no. a new recent trend? I, I think in my lifetime, um, when you're contributing and adding to the bottom line and you're doing it in a way that doesn't um, confront, is not confrontational or what they uh, assume is confrontational Mm -hmm. um then whatever you do is fine nobody really cares okay but when you have an ethical dilemma or something is decided that comes across and it just insults your intelligence insults your being and you speak up about it then stuff becomes a problem in the workplace um so I don't think that, and again, this is my experience. I don't think a lot of people care as much about hair. I think we cared a lot about assimilating and trying to make sure that there was one less reason for them to say no to us. No, we couldn't get the job. No, we couldn't get the promotion. And we felt like if we assimilated to the beauty standards, if I kept my hair straight, if I... Um, dress the same if I try to look just like them but you're never going to be just like them and that's the beauty in being different Mm -hmm. is it's not about being like them it's about being uniquely you and about the gifts that you bring to the table because my experience and whatever I do in corporate America is I'm a little bit more sensitive to certain things that they're not even going to think about. We've seen this happen. Look at all this stuff that has happened over the past, I want to say 24 to 36 months with these advertising agencies coming out with stuff that has particularly offended the African-American community. Give us an example. The coolest monkey in the jungle. Mm. That one. And I'm not even going to say the company's name. Yeah, well, I said it. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was that one. There's one with... Um, Heineken that came out about colorism Mm -hmm. um, 
there were there just a plethora of there's stuff been a that, few that came out and it as a person of color if i'm on that team you're not coming out with that gotcha. you're gonna have to fire me before you release that with if my name is anywhere listed on this mm-hmm. right because i know that that's going to be offensive but then and as a marketer it it the trend says are we at the point of looking at it as all press is good, good press, press. clickbait mm. and i wrote uh i wrote an article about clickbait and kanye and all of that kind of stuff and being inflammatory for inflammatory sake because now a lot of stuff is being measured in clicks mm-hmm. and it's easy back to the corporate sponsorship piece if i'm h&m or if i'm heineken if i as long as i budget some money to throw at the community after for corporate sponsorship after the fact they can withstand that storm they can withstand the storm has one h&m store closed no, no. no. you but, can't convince me heineken did not know that what they were releasing was going to offend the african-american community it's a german company <laughs> no, no i'm gonna tell you why when heineken first came out who did they advertise to black who, who how did they get to be where they are now black people, black people. you can't tell me they didn't understand got i was wondering why so many people with black people drink heineken and they really did advertise to the black community they started out marketing to us in this country so you can't tell me now, 25, 30 years from now, you, you have none of those same people left and you have no clue what's going on. You do know. Mm-hmm. So that's a prime example of clickbait and being marketed to in the negative. And we are we feel assaulted. But the question that you ask as just a minority when this stuff happens and then as a minority marketer is where are your minority team members on the marketing team? Where, where are we? Star gonna be so mad. I know. <laughs> I know. Gonna, she's gonna be so bad. So you so, might have to come back. I'm so, sorry. So wait, wait, no, no, no. And, that, and this, I didn't even mean to get into this either. But then I always think about that too. Mm-hmm. Like, are 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 these pitches and these different images that we're seeing, like that are clearly being targeted to certain groups of people? Mm-hmm. Like, is is there anybody involved that like is of of that group? Like what? What are, what are the trends that you're seeing in that in that department behind these closed doors when these products are coming out? And when I say products, like these visualizations of why you should buy a product mm-hmm. in those rooms behind those closed doors, those people we never see. Mm-hmm. Are, are they the, there? What, what do those groups look like? Um, I think for the ones that make mistakes, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. What happens is there's not enough representation. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's none, but we talked about me coming up in marketing and me being who I am. Mm -hmm. Listen, I've always been vocal. There are people who are trying to get to that next level. And the way that they're trying to do it is by riding the wave. They don't want to cause any issues. Mm. Um, So you've got people who are willing to speak, speak up and put it on the line. They are probably not in the room. And then you have people who are representative of the group that's being going to be offended that know that it's wrong, know that it's offensive, and they have their own reasons for not saying anything. Well, I think the key point is you said it very clearly. Y'all are going to have to fire me. Yes. If this is if this is something that's going to go out that's going to have my name on it. And that takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of confidence. And that takes the uh, ability to know that 
if this you know what I mean like so, you know not like like they say like not all money's good money. No, all like, money's not good money. Even if they're paying you well, like you got to go you know what I mean like you got to go to sleep with that on your conscience at the end of the night. Um, and I just think that's tough for a lot of people. And some people just don't flat out care either. Well, I think they're people. I think people care when they're being offended. I do think that, but I do think that there are people who are, um, in in these days and times, there's some. You've got the full 180. You know, you've got people who are pretend to not be offended by anything. Um, kind of close their eyes, mm-hmm. close their ears, ears because they're on a different agenda. But I also think you've got people who are hypersensitive and um, offended by everything uh, and offended for the sake of being offended. Mm-hmm. And then I think most people fall somewhere in the middle. But that's, that would be me. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. I fall somewhere. In, everything doesn't offend me. Right. right? But um, I'm offended by everything. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I just, no, you know, he is. Yeah. Since, since we started. That's out. actually deep for me to hear that from him. <laughs> <laughs> Not even to be funny, but I mean, <laughs> to be serious. It's just true. It yeah. is. I, I, I feel a way about a lot of things, even things that, you know, and the reason I say that um, so profoundly is because there's things that have nothing to do with me mm-hmm. that, you know, and some people are like that. You know what I mean? And, and it's just kind of like when you. Uh, Ooh, are you empathic? I think so. I think so too. Yeah, but but you know you know where it comes from. I'm gonna tell you where it comes from. Is one of the most like chilling things that I've ever seen is when I see like non people of color, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they really just have a heart for like the plight that some some people have gone through. Absolutely. My boss at at one of my jobs, he was he we we were working on these reports. Mm-hmm. We've been working tirelessly for hours. I was like, look, I gotta go. He said, all right, before you go. I got to show you something. And you could tell, like, whatever it was, what he was about to show me was something that was significant to him. He shows me this music video of this Native American rapper, and it was around the time that they were doing the uh, pipelines, right? Okay. And he's sitting there, and he's just so contently, like, watching this video. And the moment it it cuts off, he goes, I should have been there. And he walks out, and he smokes a cigarette. Wow. And you could just tell in that moment, like, he didn't look at me. he, He wasn't talking to me. He was just talking to himself within my presence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's deep. I was like, I want to care that much. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, and that, and that's situations like that. I've always seen situations like that. I had the experience of living in a predominantly black neighborhood and then moving to a neighborhood that was where I was, you know, one of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that, you know what I mean? Even having teachers that say like, oh, I see the experience that you're getting ready to have. So I'm going to show you a little bit more love. I get it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I want to be able to get it for other people, but I digress. So basically, uh, with the runaround, what we typically do, it's normally a halftime segment Mm -hmm. uh, in between our content. Um, And we have a topic that we bring up where we all get uh, a minute each to give our our thoughts on uh, that specific topic. And then... No interruptions, and we don't even have side conversation at the end. They hate. I, I, listen, I found a listen, beautiful listen, way listen. to explain it. Now. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Any I'm, other time is even oh worse, but this goodness. was beautiful. Listen, <laughs> listen. The reason I'm laughing right now because in the past he's been really, really bad about like tying things in. I can't and, win from losing. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but, but but as a curator, he has like improved so much. So like the way he was able to just like interject that right then and there to get his words out so precisely. I'm proud of you, man. I appreciate it. Man. <laughs> um, so It's been a full year. Which And you've been in contact with us now for, I, I would say, over the last six months and patient with us. 
Um, and for a lot of our, our guests, I'm so happy that we're getting them in more so now on the back end because we've grown so much just from feedback that we've gotten from people mm-hmm. in the community. Awesome. And so even just for us to even have smooth transitions like we have now or be able, be able to deal with uh, some of the, the 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 things that come up, like Star not being here and everything, like you're feeling in perfectly right now. And it's going as, as smoothly as we could take it. So awesome. I appreciate it. We so, miss you, Star. We do, we do Star. miss her. I, I, you definitely have to meet her. She's going to be mad when she hears this because I can just hear her now in the car listening to this. Arguing. I can see her sitting right there and how it would be like, oh, but let me ask you because when I was in Michigan and then, <laughs> and as a black woman, do you feel yeah, like. Yeah, that's her, like to a T. Yeah. So, based off of everything that we've been talking about... Wait, I, you have a runaround topic? I do have a run. Do you have a runaround topic? I had one, but it wasn't like a serious one. It was a it was a funny one. Let's do the funny one then. Okay. All right. So, but is yours serious? Mine's was, My question was going to be, and we could just weigh them out. My question was going to be, in the last 50 years, I was going to keep it broad as possible, do you feel like much has changed or things have remained the same? In life, it can even apply to the workplace, whatever we wanted to freak it to be. Okay. Well, my question to the group was, is we have two men here and we have a young lady um, and we're talking about uh, a lot of different things. But I feel like success plays into this. The different routes that you take to achieve success. What do you deem to be successful and then how that then dictates your life? Right. Yeah. And we're in 2018 and we're seeing a lot of things. 2019. Or 2019. <laughs> 2019. There Come we on go. Oh, I like that. Come on with us the, might be the, that was That was the equivalent of holding the door open for somebody <laughs> <laughs> who was way down there. She said, I'm going to wait for him to get on in and oh, I'll meet up man. with y'all. Far without star. So there we go. <laughs> so with, with, with that, I'm wondering, you know, Back in the we were and we were just talking about this. Back in the day, stay at home moms was a thing. Right. So, are we ready for stay at home dads? And I like and, that. And since and since we have a young lady here, I guess it would be different for you. It would be: Would you be okay with your your significant other being the breadwinner and then you being a stay at home dad? And why would that ever actually be like a crazy notion? Because it's like a stay at home parent is a thing. And it could be a stay-at-home dad. It's a but, full-time job, too. Let's not undermine Of course. I'm not undermining for what it is. But from a young lady's perspective, given what gender roles in society has taught us, and then whatever personal beliefs you might have, you might feel differently or encourage it or whatever it may be. So what we let our guests do is pick the order in which we answer the question. And again, you get to answer this question with no rebuttals. You just say whatever you feel. But when you hear other people giving their responses... You have to hold yourself to the same guidelines. Okay. Got you. Got your sound effects. Yeah, that's the sound we're gonna use. Well, since we're not holding to gender roles, I'm gonna let you go first. There you go. Ooh, I you. like <laughs> it. She fits in perfectly. Go ahead, whenever you're ready. I feel like that at this at at a certain point in my life, if I heard somebody say that they were a stay at home dad, I probably would have looked at them a little funny. I feel like at this point in my life that I probably wouldn't look at them as funny, but I couldn't do it. And I and I think that's what it boils down to uh, for me is that I I like working hard and like being able to contribute. And that creates a certain like level of self-worth for me. And it just it wouldn't be for me. That's it. That's all I got. All that was right. quick, too. So I'm going back to my old ways. <laughs> Who's going next? All right, there we go. Without without feel, um, I feel that 
I would be okay with it. I'm at a point now in my life where I feel like I'm tired of working and I'm still young. You know what I mean? Uh, but I feel like the society that we live in now doesn't promote hard work necessarily like maybe 50 years ago and we're in terms of like manual labor. Um, but at the same time, kind of like you see, so I think that my, my only worries and concerns would be, uh, I feel like as individuals, whether you're a man or a woman, you have to have purpose. Um, and I feel like at a certain point, you know, if you have kids and stuff like that and you're a stay at home dad, you know, once those kids are, you know, in school and they're doing their thing, you're going to start to question what is your purpose and how are you going to, you know, uh, add to society? I think the, the, the beautiful thing about this podcast is, is that it gives me purpose. It gives me conversations to talk to people about and everything. So I wouldn't have an issue with it, but I know I definitely would have uh, uh, questions about what my purpose is if that were to be the case. Took us all the way there. That was perfect. Without fail. Okay. All right. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, George's final speech. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I feel about it. It doesn't matter if society is ready for stay-at-home dads they're here i Mm. have um a colleague of mine and that's exactly what her situation is in her marriage she is the breadwinner and he is a stay-at-home dad he's educated he's capable of going out and getting a job he's not handicapped or disabled in any shape form or fashion that's what works for their family um me personally I think I agree with what you're talking about in terms of purpose, but I also think you have to define and break that up. There's the stay at home part. Technically I stay at home. I work from home. I don't have any kids, so I'm not a mom or dad, but then you have the dad part. As long as those dad roles are being fulfilled and the kids are being cared for, who cares who does what? As long as it gets done, the purpose of having children, I feel like, And how you raise them is to basically create citizens of the world who are good people. Mm. And if mom does that by staying at home, dad does that by staying at home, or mom and dad go to work, if you raise good citizens, I'm down. I'm rolling. I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like that. Not even to come off as as cheesy, but I do like that. You should go on podcasts all the time, <laughs> <laughs> just to shed yeah. a little love. Because what was the, what was the other podcast that uh, that you did? I've done a couple. Oh, of okay. So wait a minute. No, what is she so good at this? <laughs> um, there, uh, one of my good friends, Alea Williams, had podcast called At the Helm. Um, Gosh. Is it out here in San Diego? No, she's based in L.A. Okay. Yeah, she's based in Los Angeles. Um, gosh, I've done a couple of other podcasts. Just too. can't remember the name, too? No, them. not as important as That's this okay. Though. I don't feel bad because the last guy we went to. You should do together. this podcast all this time. <laughs> no, don't do, that. don't do that to Star. She's going to fight you. No, I didn't say replace <laughs> But listen, no, no, no. Because look, because you know we always talk about. How we would have to add room she, she, too. She's outnumbered. Yeah. So I feel like they they do have to meet, and I feel like within this setting they would they would create great content. Oh yeah, we probably would never get out of here either. We would even <laughs> after recording, we would. Have, oh, we always have like okay. beautiful conversation. I, it's therapeutic for me because I wake up the next day like, man, I did something. Yeah. I I do, I do wake up and I feel that way. You also had an event that you had that there was coming. There we go. Out. I wanted to get to. Yes. That. No, I'm getting good, man. Don't no, worry. Well, no, no, no. But I, I just, I just wanted to make sure that we got all of the. I want that to be the the last thing they remember about this runaround segment because you know that's just how the mind works. Yeah, definitely. 
So um, on top of being a business owner, I am a member of the San Diego chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Hey. And I is, am. Did I do the sign right? Oh, you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got a Rock Nation chain, don't throw that up. I'm going to tell you a secret. And I, that I never told anyone I told now. I actually played Sigma for like three weeks. And I could not hack it. <laughs> so I, don't I, tell nobody I else ain't gonna that. tell nobody else that. But whoever listened to this, they go by, man, he dropped. <laughs> he dropped. Oh, man. I ain't gonna throw up the side, though. That was the same thing they told me way back you need when. A rock nation chain for that. So, um,. We we talk a lot about uh, race and culture on this podcast. Yeah. So you 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 brought that up earlier. You walked in. You had your shirt. So you're definitely uh, you're, you're repping for sure. Absolutely. But I'm wondering, mm-hmm. could you, do you do you feel like there's a difference in legitimacy for black sororities in comparison to other races? No, um, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The divine nine. Or Panhell, which embodies all of the predominantly African-American fraternities and sororities. We make lifetime commitments. It's not just for mm-hmm. the four years that you matriculate or <laughs> there you go. college or when you do. For oh. A lot of people, they do grad chapter. Wait, 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 mm-hmm. wait. I think you misinterpreted. I, I was saying on the other way around. Oh, meaning, give me that they are less legitimate than we are? Listen, when I hear black women mm-hmm. talk about their sororities and their sorority sisters, mm-hmm. that seems more like a franchise. That's like a, you know what I mean? That's a that, that's a a, um, a community that 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 is, you know, like you said, it's lifelong, continuing to help out, whether it be jobs, all girl, you need to move out here because we got this and this going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I didn't I didn't give any legitimacy to fraternities or sororities until I seen black sororities. Right. Because my example was we like to party. Oh, well. And that was from these other groups. Well, yes. And unfortunately, especially for undergrad, because you can with Divine Nine, you can pledge either undergrad or grad chapter provided that you meet the requirements. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think. Everybody thinks to some degree when you're young that college in general is a party. Um, okay, I'm rolling. So did I do my fair share of partying? I did that before I became a Delta. <laughs> and I did it after I okay, became a Delta. And go. I'm going to do it some more on February 17th, Grilling with Love. Amen. Okay, that's you. So tell us about that. Okay, so I'm chairing this event. It's a male culinary competition. So all of San Diego's amateur grill masters can come out and compete to win $500 in cash. Um, Total first place is probably going to be a little over $1,000. We have some corporate sponsors that are donating gifts and prizes to them. And we've got first, second, and third place and a people's choice um, it's going to be at the George L. Stevens uh, Senior Center um, from at? 3 to 6 p.m. It is off of uh, 65th. It's here in San Diego. It's here in San Diego. Okay. And then if somebody wants to participate, where could they go right now to receive more information? They need to go to San Diego org backslash G W L for Grilling with Love. 
And this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to put that on our social media so somebody can just click it. If I want the grill, can I go? Absolutely. Oh, so it's open to everybody. It is open. You have to pay your registration fee. I ain't mad at that. How much is the registration fee? It's only $100. Okay, fair enough. To win a thousand. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty good. Pretty good 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 odds, especially if you're a grill master. And I was going to say, and if you go in there and you pay $100, you better be pretty confident that you could do something. You better be pretty confident that you can do something. See, Carl was telling a joke because we got previous episodes. <laughs> he's, he's gone through his ingredient list <laughs> for some of his favorite dishes. Oh man, I do that. We didn't coming. even need all five fingers to count off the ingredients. <laughs> okay, but see, sometimes you don't need that much when you talk yeah. about ribs. Coming right. in there with a belt full of lorries. He, 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 he named three different types of salt. <laughs> I said pink Himalayan and Laurie's tell me to go together. You try to, I thought you were going to play me and say like Morton or something. No, that, that I, heavy, that's that heavy duty I song. I got you. I got you. Okay. So when we have guests, um, well, I've, I haven't asked this to all the guests, just the ones that I feel like would give a worthwhile response. Before coming, you know, it's interesting because some of my favorite podcasts, when I would listen to them, especially a lot of the ones that are audio only, um, I would garner this opinion in my head about the host. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the opportunity to either Google them or see them at a live podcast, it adds a different element to it. Absolutely. So I'm just wondering, perception-wise, when you listen to the podcast and then when you came in, and again, we really do wish Star was here, um, what what your perception was before and what your perception is now? Mm, that's a great question. I think my perception was pretty much what I got. I was expecting um, educated conversation, um, about topics that are relevant to what's going on in, in today's society and in San Diego. And I think that's what I got. I think it was, yeah, I think it, I honestly, to add to that, I think it was worth, you know, you even coming in and, and, and just shedding a little bit of light. I think somebody who's listening to this right now, whether they're at work or in the car somewhere, they've been inspired by what you're saying. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs and business people, and they're wondering how can we get that funding to you know come behind us and then even shedding light on your business. You're a person that they can even connect with. Absolutely. And it's 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 um it's pretty intriguing because I'm always so thankful for people who are willing to come in and give something of themselves. Um, you 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 really you you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to imagine how many people I talk to where. I'm just talking to them casually. They're saying, like, I really wish I... I'm saying, hey, go listen to episode 23. Right. You know what I mean? Because then you go listen to the episodes, like, okay, I got my a little bit. I'm footing the door foundation, whatever you want to call it. Now I'm going to go click a link because she mentioned this, 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 and this. Now I'm going to go look up and see where I can go get me a marketing degree. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. And it, and it just gets the ball rolling on people really pulling things out of themselves that were always there. Yes. they. I think people just need... We all need three people. I say this all the time. Okay. Um, you need a mentor. Mm-hmm. You need a colleague. Mm-hmm. And you need a mentee. Mm. And I think we're so accustomed to talking about, I need a mentor. Um, so I need somebody who could do something for me that mm-hmm. can elevate me. Um, I need my colleague. I need somebody who understands where I am in the positive and the negative that I can go to that fully understands my pain points and that I can vent to and that I can laugh with that truly understands everything, all the jargon that goes with my profession. But I think where people miss out is you need a mentee. You are responsible for bringing somebody else along. Mm. And once we all begin to really and truly adopt that mentality and start looking for who we're going to pull with us, not pull up and, and, oh, I'm going to bring you so far behind. Sometimes that person is just almost where you are Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's, it's a shift in mindset. It's encouragement. We're responsible for that. So I'm glad that you guys invited me on to do this. No, I'm glad you did a great job. Great job. Um, do you have any questions for us? Oh, so I want to know, are you really grilling? And are y'all coming to Grilling with Blood? It's February 7th, right? 17th. 17th. So that Valentine, after Valentine's Day, you know, that weekend after Valentine's Listen, Day. Listen, you ain't even got to sell me. I'm going to be there. All right. And if I'm not able to be there, then I'll make sure one of them is there. All right. Wonderful. Because that's that that's our biggest thing is making sure that we're still in the community. And mm-hmm. again, we wish Star was here because she would be right here writing it on her calendar. So when you leave here, we'll make sure to send her a message, put it on there. We'll also give it to Doug. We're gonna, we gonna interview the brother that win. That sounds great. So, wait, you're throwing the event? I am chairing the event. You're chairing Delta the event. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the San Diego alumni chapter. Let me, ask you, a, let me ask you a question then. Sure. Would y'all be opposed to us doing the podcast there? I don't think we'll be opposed to it. Let me check with Sora. Yeah, President. you can check with it. It's all right. <laughs> That's fine. And you can yes. show her our work that we did with the. Um, with the uh, K Cuts Barbershop. Absolutely. And we'll we'll bring out, I'll give Doug a reason to drive down here too. I think he would love that. He would. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, any other questions? No, I don't have any other questions. Do you guys have any other questions for me? Oh, we bombarded you with I, was, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, you've done great. And what I really am hopeful for is that we'll definitely put the event up there. Um, the, the, what we always tell people is that these these podcasts they they lit they breathe on forever. Absolutely. So I'm just glad that we have another you know like piece to put on our repertoire. So when somebody says, "Tell me a little bit about your podcast," the first thing that comes to mind is what episode am I going to present to them that's going to grab their attention? Because you only get that chance once. True. And I feel like with this being in the front of the episode, with all of the gems that you were able to drop, the way that you were able to be relatable and really paint a picture that a lot of people could probably see themselves in um i feel like this is going to end up being that episode where i'm like well let me it represents our podcast perfectly so we thank you for that well thank yeah. you for having me i appreciate very it. welcome carl you want to lead us out well i'm grown <laughs> you know i'm gonna mess it up <laughs> <laughs> that's why if you, if you don't do it and then it don't seem right okay okay so at this point in the podcast i think we've established one thing very very clearly it's that i'm grown Shit, I'm grown too. <laughs> this is, would be the part where Star says, we all grown. So we're going to have you fill in and say, we're all grown. And this has been the runaround on another episode of Grown, grown Folks, Folks Business. Business. She did great. She even filled <laughs> this She do. She do. This ain't her first podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. That was awesome. Oh. Word on the street. Let's get to it. Hey, are we bad co-hosts? Because technically, the the arrangement was we were all supposed to do word on the street, and stars not here, and she's the only. I just wanted her to have her full shine. That and the person that I asked for word on the street didn't get it back to me, so I just haven't been asking. <laughs> stars, so at least she out there in DC doing her thing, though. These are facts. All right. Hey, y'all! This is just for Star, but grown folks' business, and we have. Sounds like she changed locations. That and energy. As <laughs> she just put on a whole new energy. Okay, hold on, let's see. Another segment of Word on the Street. So we have two folks that we're talking to. What's your name? Wait, did she say Word on the Street? I think she did. I think she messed it up. Hold on, let's listen. Again. Let's hear it again. Hey, y'all, this is just Chris Star with Grown Folks Business, and we have another segment of Word on the Street. So we have two she folks said, that we're talking to. What? She definitely said going on the street. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I thought she said grown on the street. Yeah, something to that. It was something with a G. All right. I just want to make sure. Yeah, she was like three by ties in. Hey, I was going to say, I, th- hey, I think she might be lit for this one. Oh, man. And apparently it's good. So here we go. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Alexis and I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Okay, Alexis from Richmond. And what's your name, sir? My name is DJ. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, okay, they DJ got the and accent. Alexis, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever got a Charlie horse? While you were having sex. And if so, how did you handle it? <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay, Alexa's gonna go first. Yo, Alexa said All right, not so me. this only happened when I had sex on the couch. <laughs> on okay. the couch. Alright, so was he sitting on the couch and you were on top or no, were you? He was two six foot tall and I'm pretty short. I'm five She two. in the club, okay. you can hear the music. And so yeah. he was always on top, like just hands on the couch, going at it, right? <laughs> okay. And then I was just like it was good, and then I got that Charlie horse, and I would just lay, lay um, head, uh, I, what you call it when you hang your leg off the side of the couch? <laughs> I still don't know Yo, what you're talking about. That's Chris Brown, these chicks ain't logo in the background, too. You didn't hear it, but I heard it. You going to hear it when you play it again. No, it's not. It is. Hanging off the side of the couch, uh huh. I would hang that leg off the couch. Charlie horse leg. Yes. <laughs> and power through. And power through. Uh, we in the party like, hey, oh, that's not the. This, hey, you know it, what it, I just realized? He been fooling us this whole time because they all got the same type of cadence too. Every, every Chris Brown song is the same song. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Oh. And you know what's crazy? When I would come, it would hurt worse, but it would Wait, hurt good and bad at the same time. It hurt so good. And then as soon as it was over, it was all over. It was all over. Okay, what about you, sir? So it would hurt worse is crazy, bro. Hey, this is going on the end. It's <laughs> going on the end. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh. Star, what are you doing? Oh, man. Hey, she would give us this when she ain't here. The jig is grown. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Nothing to lose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to lose. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. So let's let's hear what the other guy has to say. I was on top at the time. We went to bed, missionary style. And if you catch a Charlie horse in that position, like there is nothing you can do. How do you do. run from that? Yo, it's like it's like a pain, and then it's like embarrassing trying to tell the person that you having sex with, like, yo, I caught a cramp, like, so you can't do, so you can't do that. So it's like you kind of slide out real quick, and you try to make something of it. So what I had to do was I had to slide down. A- hey, listen, 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 listen. Mojito Star is a different star. Well, I don't know where she found these people from, but Mojito Star is a different star. I have so many questions. It's like, how do you meet people and just get them to start divulging? Yo, they had alcohol in their system for sure. He said, wait, what did he say? Bro, slide out and and make some of it. All right, come on. The end of the bed, and I just had to go down on her, right? And as I'm going oh, down, oh man, it's going at the end. No, that's not that's okay, not the okay. only reason why. But as I'm going down on her, right, like I lift up my leg, and I kind of felt like a chick at the time because I'm going down on this chick, and my leg is kind of up, but I'm rubbing, I'm trying to rub the Charlie horse out, right? So I feel like soothing, so I'm like, all right, I'm good. So Soothy. I go to slide back up, caught another one. Oh my god. When so I was tell that you, three? this was two. This two, was two. Okay. So now, instead of her eyes being like, instead of her looking at the ceiling, she looking like, what are you doing? Like, I want you to put it back in. 
And so I go down on it again. I rub it out. Come on. The second time I rub it what? out, it kind of stays Star out. Crazy. Did she, did she not listen to this? Hey, go ahead. Get, get, get that so, out, man. Get it off. Get it off. People need a phone rub. All right, hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Hit me, hit me with the chimes real quick. We, we go, we go clean this up real quick. Wait a minute. Hit me with the chimes. We go use it. Go ahead, hit me with the chimes real quick. I don't even remember what. Listen, there it is. Oh. <laughs> we can do that too. Listen, 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 listen. All right, here, listen. Oh my God. Here at Grown Folks Business, we cannot be held accountable for the thing. There we go. There you go. Clean up by Carl. There we go. <laughs> Here at Grown Folks Business, we cannot be held accountable, which you may hear from Star after a few mojitos. But to answer her question in the shortest form, because we're not going to keep giving shine to these folks Great right here. Googly moogly. <laughs> Man. <laughs> we're not going to keep giving shine to these folks. That's all right now. Uh, thank you for participating, and we we are glad that y'all did participate, and y'all got a chance to laugh and you know do all that with us on the show. Um, that has happened to me. Okay. Uh, and, and and one of my first experiences, and like one of them said, I don't even know who said it because I was so appalled by everything that is happening. I just you know continue through. That's the the best grown PC answer that I can give you on this uh this platform and podcast that we got going on right now. Um, and if any of those things happen, you just need to drink more water. <laughs> like, like for real. Or stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I'm just surprised I haven't heard nobody say like, yo, I got a cramp. I need a minute. Yeah, I'm not about to be out here performing. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I hurt myself. <laughs> That's but no, what... Okay, so but like, serious question is like, why is that embarrassing to tell somebody that you got a cramp in I that moment? I think people, we're, we're really odd in terms of like being honest with people in moments. Like when you have moments, we were talking earlier about having genuine moments with people. You don't want to ruin a moment. You know, you probably don't want to be that person that's, uh, you know, talked about in an inner circle. Like, yeah, he said he caught a cramp or she caught a cramp. And, you know, she was saying that it hurt. And I was like, yo, <laughs> all right, man. Like, that, that's just, that, I, I guess I just don't understand, like, why you wouldn't express that to somebody. That'd be the same thing if you were in a relationship, your partner wanted to have sex and you had a headache. You tell them that, right? Yeah. Or if you were doing it and it was uncomfortable for you, you tell them that, right? I would hope so that somebody would do something like that, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, like, why is the cramp? I don't know. Like, why you got to, like, get all creative or try to be coy about having a cramp? Uh, I don't know. I'm just surprised that she did. We should have listened to them before we put them on. Sub told me, like, yo, just check it. <laughs> it was eight o'clock here. She was still wide awake at Hey, no, o'clock. look, that's what should that should would have cued us off that she sent him at one Eastern. <laughs> we just get home. Oh my goodness! Oh man, go ahead and play the next one. We we just hey, bear with no. us, y'all. Y'all gonna hear that was it? Yeah, that was the only one. All right, cool. Listen, Carl was trying to give us some more content. I think they got enough. Oh, man. We good. So, listen, we'll be really excited to um, get back to our normal recording procedures when Star returns. Um, I think that this this moment really, really showed us and probably showed you all just how significant she is to the podcast. So, Star, um, we are glad that you had a good time in D.C., but we are so ready for you to be back. Yeah. And you know what? I... I I wanted to tell the story because I'm glad that you said that because, I mean, when we thought about, like, even releasing this episode and if we should release it late, we did it. We did this for y'all. Uh, we had a little See, Go ahead, tell him. Yeah, C, C said that he wanted to release late. Now, I know you guys clicking this right now, and whenever you did click it, you're like, man, I'm glad they didn't because we got a good laugh in. 
Um, but we we really did have an internal debate because the it last wasn't a debate. It was an argument. It was an argument. The last episode that we released, I mean, it was on a hiatus of you know being into our first business venture and going in and having us all there and filming it. Check it out on YouTube if you guys haven't gotten a chance to do that yet. You can catch Grown Folks Business B I Z N E S S on YouTube. But to add to that piece, though, um, I had made a mistake. And this all circulates, you know, from Carl making a mistake. So if you look at our last episode, it was only a runaround. Uh, we had actually recorded a full episode for a full hour with that episode that we just put out. And Carl, dumb me, didn't know that iCloud meant that you had to download it from iCloud for it to be back on your computer. Then you had to tell, like, all the business. Yeah, I'm going to tell the truth because they, they well, they don't probably feel too cheated because we went a full hour in on some dope ass content that, that was a good episode yeah k the barber really held it down or yeah, our masterpiece masterpiece k he, masterpiece k he held it down for us uh but hey you know we're back and we're we're rebounding and we're a year in and um you know miss anitra she came by uh what was what was the name that you had for her uh georgia's finest peach georgia's finest peach she came in today and she held it down she was our 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 star in the making um, and we definitely got to have her back on here so we can get Star's opinion on she, her. She was a star. And that was something that we talked about off mic. So uh, for the culture, we're going to stick with her for the culture, uh, at least for me. I'm going to stick with her for the culture. Uh, make sure you are out there getting uh, Vinny a love letter out there from R. Preston Clark. That's also for the culture. Uh, but I believe she said that she had the uh, grilling with love. Let me double check and look at this date real quick. I hope she got the date on here. I think so. Yeah, oh, February 17th. February 17th from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the George L. Stevens Center. Um, and, again, you are cordially invited to attend this Grilling with Love, a men's culinary competition. Join us for a day filled with shopping, games, food, and San Diego's best barbecue. And that is 570 South 65th Street, San Diego, California, 92114. And hopefully Grown Folks Business is fortunate enough to do a live podcast there with them. Cease. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Oh. I do have a friend that's doing a fundraiser, but I forgot to get the uh, the details. So I'll do that for the next episode. All right. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. That's Grown Folks Business, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can find us and uh, get your merch and find us on Big Cartel. That's www.grownfolksbusiness.bigcartel.com. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. Automatic. Uh, Podomatic, that is our host site. Look us up. We're ready. Shit. So, you're grown. And Carl's grown, too. <laughs> Shit, we all grown. You just did it all by yourself. There we man. go. This, is, this has been Carl's business. Yeah, you've been just out there doing your whole safari thing. And this is another episode of Grown, grown Folks, Folks Business. business.